I want to read you the passage of Scripture this morning, and I'm going to give some observations from the passage of Scripture uh, as we read it today. Mark chapter 10 and verse uh, 46. It says, Now they came to Jericho, and as he, being Jesus, went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timotheus, sat by the road, begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Before we jump into this message this morning, I want to make a, a, a couple of quick observations about Bartimaeus. And the first one being the most obvious one, that Bartimaeus was blind. He couldn't see. Now, thank God, I believe every one of us here have our sight to whatever degree we have it. Some of us may have amazing sight. Some of us may wear glasses. Praise God, my, my sight has always been good. I've always had great eyesight. Thank the Lord. You know, uh, there's, uh, in my family at the moment, obviously, I have my two brothers and two sisters and my parents, and, and they all wear glasses for one thing or another, maybe for to drive or, or to read, but they all wear glasses. I am the only one in my family that doesn't wear and never has worn glasses. Praise the Lord. And every so often, you know, when I'm reading something maybe at home and my mom is there, she's saying, oh, you need to get glasses. And I kind of I get annoyed with her because I don't. Praise God. You know, I can, I can read that, what, my text from here. I can, I can read it from here. And praise God, I can read it from here. Now, now it's pretty big, but glory to God, you know. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> but every so often my mom will say to me oh you need glasses and I do get angry I'm like I do not need glasses and I will not have that declared over me praise God but I don't need glasses and I'm so thankful for it but I do understand that there is a lot of people out there I have in my family they, they all wear glasses to some degree and I do understand that there is a lot of people out there that either require glasses to read or they require glasses to drive or do other things but to be completely blind, that's a whole other level, isn't it? I mean, even if you have to wear glasses to read or drive or whatever, at least you can read and you can drive with glasses on you. But to be completely blind means that you can do nothing in and of your own strength. You cannot see. You're in complete darkness 24 hours a day. I mean, when the electricity goes off at home, we all struggle, don't we? I mean, as well as you know your home, when the electricity goes off, you don't go, oh, goody, I've been waiting for this to happen. Nobody likes when the electricity goes off because we all fumble around in the dark, don't we? I mean, as well as you know your home, as well as you think you know your home, when the electricity goes off and you've no 
light maybe on your phone or whatever, and you go look for candles or you go look for a flash lamp. I mean, you navigate most things in the house, but I guarantee you every one of you is when the electricity goes out and you kick your toe off something, or is that just me? My toe will testify that I do not know my house as well as I think I know it when the electricity goes out. I mean, when the electricity doesn't go out, I still kick my toe sometimes, but praise God, but it's worse when the electricity goes out. My heart at this time of the year goes out to those people living above the Arctic Circle. Because I know maybe if you're not aware, above the Arctic Circle, at this time of the year, for about three months, the sun doesn't rise. If you're observant at all, you will know that in summertime, the sun is at its highest point in the sky. And in the wintertime, it's at its lowest point in the sky. That's why our days are so short. But the further north you go this time of the year, the darker it gets earlier. So you get to a point where you're above the Arctic Circle where it doesn't rise at all for about three months of the year. You want to know what it looks like above the Arctic Circle this time of the year? It looks like this at midday. I couldn't live in those kind of conditions. Could you? Praise God, I love daylight. I love when the sun shines. Amen? Praise God, I couldn't live in some place that's dark constantly. The first problem that Bartimaeus had was he was blind. It says it right there in his name. He was called Blind Bartimaeus. And we don't know whether he was born blind or he became blind. All we know is that he was blind, living out his life, not knowing what was ahead of him. We're all a little bit like Bartimaeus in many ways. And one of the ways that we're like Bartimaeus is not that we're blind, but the reality is we can't see what's ahead of us either, can we? We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what the rest of the day brings. We're all like Bartimaeus because the Bible says that his, because of his condition, he was a beggar living in poverty. Another thing that we know about Bartimaeus is that he wasn't always a beggar living in poverty. Because of his name, it's Bartimaeus. That means, Bar means son of. He was the son of Timaeus. Timaeus actually means a, a most highly prized one. So Bartimaeus actually was called the son of a highly prized one. In other words, Bartimaeus, he was now a blind beggar, but there was times that he must have known a better life because he was the son of someone that was highly prized or highly valued. I believe as we advance through this year, we will all believe God for something more than where we are today. We all will believe God for more. We all will press into God that we want to have more of God. We want to advance in our lives. We'll believe God. And I believe that like Bartimaeus, I believe every one of us has something that we've got to ask Jesus for. Amen? I don't want any of you to be sitting in your seats there this morning and thinking, well, I don't have anything to ask Jesus for. Praise God you do, amen? amen? Every one of us has something to ask Jesus that we need Jesus to do for us this year. This day, like every other day, Bartimaeus was placed beside the road, leaving town to catch people as they came and went into the town or village. 
And this day as he sat there, somebody must have told him that Jesus was passing by. And when he found out that Jesus was passing by, he shouted at the top of his lungs. He said, Jesus, son of David, he said, have mercy on me. He was doing everything that he could to get Jesus' attention. So he could ask him to restore his sight. The same thing that we do every time we pray. We try to get Jesus' attention, don't we? Every time we pray, there's not one of us wants to pray to deaf ears. When we pray, we earnestly press in to ask Jesus to intervene in our circumstance, intervene in our situation. We want God. When we pray, the very reason we pray is not only just to honor God, to worship God, but is to bring our needs and petitions before God. We want God to hear us, don't we? We pray, we ask God to intervene. We ask God to move in our lives, to change that circumstance, to change that situation. You see, even though Bartimaeus was blind and homeless and poor, we have a lot in common with him. So for the next couple of minutes, I want to go through a couple of things that we have in, uh, that, that we have in common with Bartimaeus and that we can learn from Bartimaeus. The first thing is, Bartimaeus, he, he hears even though Bartimaeus is blind, he still is able to hear. Mark chapter 10 in our scripture, in verse 47, it says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Son of David, have mercy on me. We have this great saying, don't we? Seeing is believing. You all know that saying, don't you? And what, You know what seeing is believing means? It means if you tell me about something, I'd rather actually see it than just believe you at your word, yeah? We, 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 we're all like that. I want to experience it myself, yeah? When Thomas was told about the resurrected Christ, he didn't believe him because in his own heart, he was like, if I see him, I'll believe you. Lord, that we will get to a place where we would not be the type of people that only believe whom we see. But Bartimaeus, he didn't believe in Jesus because of anything that he saw. He was blind. He couldn't see. He believed in Jesus because of what he had heard, not anything that he had seen. Bartimaeus's faith was not dependent on anything that he saw. It was inspired by what he hears. How many times have we all prayed for a sign? All sought God for a sign. And when we didn't see the sign, our fate was diminished. Our fate was hurt. Our fate was damaged. But this is exactly what the Apostle Paul warns us against in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, when he said that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. See, I love that scene in Indiana Jones, anyone watch Indiana Jones over Christmas? It's like a Christmas films. Everyone watches Indiana Jones at Christmas. And I love that scene. I don't know whether it's in the first one. Actually, it's in the third one. Where Indiana Jones has to walk over the invisible bridge. I mean, there's nothing there. But I mean, the Nazis are about to kill his dad. So he has to step over this big giant chasm and believe that there's a bridge there. And, and, and I love when he, 
when he tries to muster up some faith, you know, by closing his eyes and beating his chest somehow, that was going to muster up faith for him. But, but, but he steps out onto this invisible bridge. And as he steps out, the bridge appears in front of him. Church, we are meant to walk by faith and not by sight. We were not created by God to walk with God, always knowing where we were going. And I know that's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to walk out your life trusting in God, not always knowing what tomorrow brings. But we were meant to. We were created to. Not always know where we're going with God. Just trust in Him as we walk out following His leading. I really admire those sailors from centuries ago who set off from wherever they were setting off from, Spain or Portugal or wherever they set off from, just sailing out into finding the new world, not knowing where they were going, hadn't a clue how long they were going to be sailing, how far they were going to have to sail, what it was going to be like when they got there. They just sailed off to explore. Not me. I don't do that. If I'm going anywhere, I need to know where I'm going. If I'm going someplace where I know where I've been before, that's fine. I love it. I know how to get there. I know what to do when I get there. I know how to get from A to B. And, and you know all those things. But if you're going to someplace that you've never been before, at least for me, I've done my research. I never land someplace not knowing where I'm landing. Google Maps is amazing. Love it. If I'm going someplace I've never been before, I've already stepped it out in Google Maps. I've already landed at the airport. I've already walked out of the airport. I know exactly where the train station is. Or I know where to get a taxi. I know where the hotel is. I know the street that the hotel is on. I've walked up and down those streets. I know exactly where I'm going. I need to know where I'm going. So the concept of traveling in faith, that's alien to me. Yet time and time again, when it comes to our walk with God, we are told not to walk by what we can see, but by what we can hear. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Not by seeing, but by hearing. As believers in Jesus, we are not to live by what we can see in the world, but what we hear in the word. Amen? Did you ever wonder why a blind beggar like Bartimaeus was sat beside a road and not put in some other location? Well, by the road he could hear everyone's comings and goings. Nobody entered into that village, that town, that Bartimaeus didn't know about. He knew about everyone's comings and goings in that town. Not that he could see him. He couldn't. He couldn't see him. But he could hear him. He could hear him. Have you ever been in a situation where you, you know, your favorite film? Everybody got a favorite film? Or a favorite TV show? And you virtually, you know, every act, you know, every scene in this, you watch it maybe a couple of times every year. You love it. Angela's like that. She watches the same TV shows over and over again. I mean, she might watch one episode maybe twice in the one week. She knows it back to front, inside out. But 
when Angela's watching this, usually I'm watching it as well with my eyes closed. <laughs> because I've seen it so many times before. But when you have your eyes closed and you're listening to something and not watching it, do you know you hear more than actually if you were just watching it? Even if you've watched it a hundred times before. Next time, whatever film that may be, whatever TV series that may be, next time try and listen to it rather than watching it. Just close your eyes. Try not to go to sleep. Do it maybe early in the day when you're not so tired. But, but, but try and watch or try and listen to the film or to the series or whatever it may be rather than just watching it. Because it's easy to watch, isn't it? I mean, all you need to do is keep your eyes open. You don't really have to concentrate. But when you're listening to something, you have to concentrate. And I guarantee you, you're going to hear things you've never heard before, even if it's a film you've watched a hundred times. John 10, 7, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You see, even when sheep can't see the shepherd out in the fields, when he calls out to them, they hear him and they come running. I would love if 2024 would be the year when God's sheep would hear his voice more clearly than ever before and that we would come running every time he calls us. So the first thing was that Bartimaeus, he hears. The second thing with Bartimaeus is he prays. Again in verse 47 it says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When Bartimaeus was sitting by that road that day, he heard a great crowd passing by and he asked somebody, who is it that's passing by? And they told him it was Jesus of Nazareth. And upon hearing this news, it stirred up in Bartimaeus faith that caused him to cry out in prayer to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And because of his Faith, because of his faith, Jesus heard him. Amen? Amen? Jesus heard him. When Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus, he used words to Jesus that acknowledged that he knew exactly who he was talking to. Because when Jesus asked who was it that was you know, coming down the road, People said to him, it was Jesus of Nazareth. But when Bartimaeus answered Jesus, when he cried out to him, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know what Bartimaeus was saying there? He wasn't identifying Jesus as just someone from Nazareth. He was identifying Jesus as the son of David or as the Messiah. Jesus said, Messiah. Have mercy on me. And I think this year, when we approach God in prayer this year, it is so vitally important that we know who we're approaching. That we're not just approaching some carpenter from Nazareth that got nailed to a cross. That we know that we're approaching Jesus the Messiah. Amen? We need to know Jesus as our Messiah. 
We need to know Him as our Redeemer, as our Provider, as our Healer, the Lover of our lives. He is our Alpha and Omega. He is our Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is Jesus, the Son of David, our Messiah. Bartimaeus said, I know who you are. And he finished off his prayer by saying, have mercy on me. He doesn't roll out this long list of prayers, things that he wants God to do for him. As Jesus asked him, he just, he, he just said to Jesus, he said, have mercy on me. He just said, have, show me your kindness. Show me mercy. Deal kindly with me. You know what I love mostly about Bartimaeus' prayer? It was simple and it was sincere. Simple, sincere prayer. When Bartimaeus got his chance to address Jesus, he didn't launch out into this whole lengthy, complex prayer. He kept it simple. You know, when the apostles came to Jesus and asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, Jesus said this about prayer. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7. He said, and when you pray, we need to pray, okay? Do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. Jesus said, don't be like them. The message version puts it this way, and listen to this carefully. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what they want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Isn't that amazing? And I mean that for me encapsulates prayer. Keep it simple. Keep it sincere. Less is more when it comes to prayer. Bartimaeus just said to Jesus, have mercy on me. Show me some kindness. Bartimaeus' prayer was precise and it was persistent. I say he was persistent because when he called out to Jesus, the crowd tried to shut him up, didn't they? they said, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then they warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. But even though the crowd tried to silence him, they tried to silence him, they tried to shut him up, he was persistent. He was like, I need Jesus more than I need you. You know how you get your prayers answered? You need Jesus more than you need anything else. Amen? Amen. Bartimaeus needed Jesus more than he needed them. You see, the very people that he was telling to shut up were the very people who were providing for him. He was a beggar living in the village. He was reliant on these very same people that were trying to shut him up for his livelihood. 
But what Bartimaeus was saying when he cried out all the more, he saying, hey, I need him more than I need you. Amen. Amen. I need him more than I need you. And he shouted all the louder. He was persistent. And I wondered how easily do we give up sometimes when our prayers are not answered in our timeline. How long do we keep praying for something before we eventually get to a place where we give up? Jesus said in Matthew 7 and verse 7, he said to keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus taught us to pray and never give up. Never give up. Don't let the enemy put you off. Don't let the enemy convince you that it's not God's will or, or it's not God's, you're not in God's favor. Don't, don't, don't let the enemy convince you that God doesn't like you. Pray. And never give up. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. one day, It says one day Jesus told his disciples the story to show them that they should pray and never give up. I mean the word of God is full of incidents where, where God is trying to show us that when we pray it's not a one time thing. That we pray and we never give up. Church I don't know what you're praying about at the moment. I don't know what you're seeking God for, pressing into God for. And I don't know how long you've been praying. But can I tell you today? Keep praying. Don't let the enemy discourage you. Keep praying. The enemy wants you to give up. But Jesus wants you to keep on praying. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. For everyone who asks receives. And everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Amen. Amen. Church, it's not time to give up praying for your husband or your wife. The enemy wants you to give up praying for your kids. God is saying, keep on praying. Keep on trusting Him. Keep on believing Him. Amen? Amen. Now is not the time to stop praying for your finances. Now is not the time to stop praying for that breakthrough in your health. Keep on praying. Keep on trusting God. Keep on praying for your town, your community, your housing estate, your, your village, wherever you may be. Keep on praying for the town. Keep on praying and asking God and trusting God over your church. The enemy is trying to shut you up. God wants you to keep on asking. Keep on pressing in this year. Keep on seeking him. Keep on knocking and your prayer will be answered. You know, we as a church, we're so blessed to have this building. I may as well be honest with you, and I'm going to say it now at the start of this year, we are blessed to have this building. And I know sometimes we take it for granted because we can come in here on mornings like this morning and say, oh, it's cold, and it is. It's cold down in that foyer. It's freezing. But praise God, we can heat it up. Glory to God. But I think sometimes, you know, we, we can take it for granted that we have a place that we can come in and we can sit in relative heat and warmth compared to the outside. And, and we have a place where we can send our kids over for kids' church. We have a crash on the way if we have 
kids young enough to go to a crash, they can sit in there. They can watch the service. We have a, a, a lovely foyer downstairs where we can have some tea and, and coffee and we have all the facilities that we need. We're blessed. We have a huge car park outside. Glory to God that we don't have to pay for. We are blessed. But you know what? For more than 10 years, we've been believing and asking God for bigger and better. Is that selfish? No. It's not. As we live in a town of 14,000 people in a region, in an area of about 65,000 people, in a county of 160,000 plus people. So should we stay in a building that can only have the hundreds? We need a building for the thousands, amen? And we, for the last 10 years, have been believing, trusting, and pressing into God for the bigger building. I, we had our eye on a building for the last 10 years. I talked to the owner 10 years ago or more, and and he was hemming and hawing. He was doing nothing with it. And he was like getting me to come back and meet with him again. I met with him probably maybe up to a dozen times. And, and then he decided to die. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Wasn't funny for him. Praise God. And then I took up the cause with his sister. And I met with his sister on several occasions as well, trying to convince her to let this amazing building that they had here in Enniscordy that they had no interest and doing anything in, uh, trying to convince her as well, maybe she would let us have it. And then she decided to die. Praise God. Not my fault. Glory to God. Praise God. I prayed for him. Praise God. But eventually, last year, that building that we'd prayed and believed God for, we had prayed around, we prayed in, we had, I mean, we had done circles around that place. We had brought people that we had trusted in ministry, ministry partners, there to this building to pray over this building as well. And we had put so much prayer into this building. Believe God for, trusted God for. Finally, last year, this building came up for sale and we didn't get it. And we were disappointed. I may as well tell you, I was disappointed. I am human. I experienced those emotions. I was very disappointed. Not at God. I wasn't disappointed at God. I was disappointed that we just didn't get it. And then another building came up shortly thereafter that. And we, that other building that came up, it was nothing like the first building. Not nearly as good as the first building. Probably only about as good as this building. But there was an opportunity there. Maybe we would have been able to get that building for ourselves. It would have been our building. So we went and talked to the owners of the other building too. And they weren't interested either. So we came out of the summer last year very disappointed. Very, I suppose, in a sense, disillusioned that, you know, that. The two buildings that we had trusted God, believed God for, put prayers into, that we got neither of them. But God is faithful, amen? Does that mean now we give up praying? What it means is, you know, we're, we're okay where we are. We're good, yeah. Praise God for what we have. And really, when we came out of the last summer, the, the thing that really was impressing on me is we are blessed. We are blessed to what we have. Probably only maybe 40 to 50% of churches in this country have a church building of their own. Most of them are renting different facilities to use on, on the Sunday, and praise God for that too. But I came out of a realizing, you know what? We are blessed. And I came out being thankful to God for what we have. At the same time, believe in God for the more because we need the more. We need the space, glory to God. Thank God for the space for hundreds, but we need the space for thousands. Because this population around us is so huge and Jesus died for them all. You know that, don't you? 
So they all just need to cop themselves on and come to Jesus and we have a place for them then. Amen? Praise God. Why do I say that? I say that because, you know, sometimes the things that we pray for, we don't always get. We don't always get those things we prayed for. We don't always get that thing that we believe God, trusted God, invested in prayer. We don't always get the things we prayed for. But when we don't get the things we prayed for, we need to understand that it's not because of God is mean or God is angry with us or God couldn't do it. It means that God's got something better for us. And every time that we don't get the thing we prayed for, we need to go, okay, God, well then, you got something better. And we, when we came to our senses after last summer, we were like, okay, God has something so much better. So much better for us. <laughs> we don't know where it is, praise God. But we know God has so much better. We know that breakthrough is coming. Yeah. We're going to keep on knocking. Yeah. We're going to keep on beating on that door because we know it is on its way. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Church, we will reap. You will reap because you will not lose heart. You know, the easiest time for you to get tired is when you're doing something good. Nobody ever gets tired sinning. Glory to God. It's, it's easy. Praise God. We should never give up doing good. Because church, our due season is coming. We will not lose heart. We will not give up. When Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus, nobody took up his cause. In fact, people got angry with him. They got annoyed with him, didn't they? The easy to read version in verse 48 said, Many people criticized the blind man and told him to keep quiet. Just like that time you started to press into Jesus for that breakthrough in your finances that breakthrough in your health. The enemy piped up, didn't he? Told you to give up, told you to shut up. But you know what you needed to do? You need to take up Bartimaeus' example. And you need to cry out all the more. Amen? Amen? It said, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, please help me. You know when we need things in the natural, we lose all of our dignity, don't we? When we need something in the natural, dignity goes out the window. If your kids asked you for something at Christmas time and you went into the store to buy it and it was the last one on the shelf, you don't, you don't just take your time and stroll up to it. You lose your dignity, don't you? You run to it. Hey man, you're ready to fight for it. You're ready to, to lose your cool, lose your peace. You're, you're ready to lose everything over. Your dignity goes out the window when you need something in the natural. I, you are all looking at me this morning saying, oh, that's not me, that's not me. <laughs> but I know if you're drivers today and if you've been sitting in a car park for 30 minutes waiting for a space and just as it opens up, someone just breezes into it, you lose your cool, don't you? You raise your voice, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're all, we're all the same, praise God, we're all the same. But when the enemy tries to shut you up, you need to be a bit like more like Bartimaeus. You need to shout all the louder, Amen. We need this year to shout all the louder. When the enemy tries to shut us up, shut us down, we need to shout all the louder. Corey Ten Boom was asked a question one time about faith, about prayer, should I say. And she said, asked, she asked a question in return. She said, is prayer your steering wheel or is prayer 
your spare tire. What she was saying is, does prayer come first in your life? Is it a part of your daily habit? Or is it just something that you use in emergencies? Church, we need to make prayer our first response this year to every circumstance, every situation that we end up in. Prayer needs to be our first response. Really quick, thirdly, the third thing that Bartimaeus did was he obeyed. The New Living Translation of verse 49 says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus, he threw aside his coat and he jumped up and he came to Jesus. You know, as Jesus was about to head out to town that day, heading on to his next destination, he heard the cries of Bartimaeus and, and he stopped in his tracks and he, and he said, you know, okay, tell him to come here to me. And I love the two things that Bartimaeus did when he got permission to come to Jesus. The first one was he jumped to his feet and he threw off his coat and he made his way to Jesus. Now, don't forget Bartimaeus is blind. So, jumping up to his feet, getting to Jesus wasn't an easy task because Jesus had a crowd around him, didn't he? So when he jumped up to his feet, he would have had to make his way through the crowd. And I know if you've ever played a game when you were a child where they used to blindfold you and spin you around, I mean, you were just bumbling your way through people, weren't you? So you can imagine that when Bartimaeus jumped up to make his way to where he heard Jesus crying out to him to come to him, he had to feel his way, walk and bumble and, and walk into people and hit off people's elbows and walk on people's feet and, and try to make his way to Jesus. It wasn't an easy thing for him to do. The second thing that Bartimaeus did when Jesus called him to come to him was that he threw off his coat. Many commentators of the Bible say that that coat that Bartimaeus had was issued to him by the Roman government as kind of a license for him to beg. So when somebody saw Bartimaeus coming with this coat on him, they knew that he was official, that he was a government-licensed beggar. So this coat that Bartimaeus had represented his identity. It also represented his provision. And by throwing that coat aside, Bartimaeus was saying, I am not who I am anymore. This coat doesn't represent me anymore. I am not who I used to be anymore. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, things all, all things have become new. You know what Bartimaeus did that day? He stepped out in obedience to Jesus and he trusted God with the outcome. And this year in 2024, there's going to be circumstances and situations that we need to go, that, that we need to step out in faith to Jesus and trust God with the outcome. Amen. I don't know what that's going to be in, in your life, whether it be in issues with your family, with your health, with your finances. God is asking us to step out in faith and believe him this year. This year needs to be the year that we walk by faith and not by sight. That we step out in faith, believing and trusting God this year in faith. Then when he finally worked his way to Jesus, Bartimaeus, Jesus said to him in verse 51, he said, What do you want me to do? And Bartimaeus said, My rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, 
go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and follow Jesus down the road. Observation. What a strange question for Jesus to ask a blind man. What do you want me to do for you? And I think that's the question that God is asking each and every one of us this year. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want Jesus to do for you this year? And your need may be obvious. Lord, I need a new job. Lord, isn't it obvious to you that I need healing? Lord, I need a breakthrough in my family, in my health. Lord, can't you see it? Your answer to Jesus may be obvious. But we still need to ask. Amen? I had a friend one time, years ago, came to me and he said, you know what, I've been reading the Bible and he says, I'm, I'm not going to ask God for anything anymore, he said. I said, why? He said, because it says it there in the Bible. He says, he says that God knows the things I have need of. So he said, I'm not going to ask God anymore because God already knows what I need of. And I said to him, yeah, but, but you need to read on. You need to read the rest of the verse. I said, and it says there, it says, for the Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. You still need to ask. Amen? We still need to ask this year. Amen? We still need to press into God this year. Even if things are going well in your life this year, even if you think that you have everything sorted out in your life, even if you have all your ducks in a row this year, you still need to ask. You still have something that you need to press into God for. Amen? And you do need to ask. Even if it's obvious. Bartimaeus is blind. But Jesus still said to him, what do you want me to do for you? God knows the things you have need of this year, but he still wants you to ask. Amen? Still wants you to have faith, to press in, to believe. It's so easy to say that I'm not going to ask God for anything because he already knows you're setting yourself up to lose. Set yourself up to win this year. Ask God for the things you have need of. Final verse. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, to him who knocks, it will be opened. Amen?